Okay, listeners, welcome back. It's episode 95 of the Adrian Bow podcast, more specifically the skills workshop series with the infamous or famous, if you like, Troy Malcolm and myself, the mere mortal, Adrian Bow. Troy, how are you, sir? Hey, mate, 95, hey? You are yeah. on fire, and you wouldn't ever share this, but I will. I don't have a problem. Mate, your numbers of people that are tuning into your podcast each week is getting really big. Uh, now, what started out as kind of just a nice to have um, for key clients, this is getting a bit of groundswell now. So, mate, I am honoured to be on your podcast. I think you were saying there was within the first 24 hours, there was like two and a half thousand people that have played our last skills workshop which is kind of nice uh, I'm really excited and I know that the skills workshop uh, is back now and we're building momentum and a lot of people have been contacting me saying hey I love the fact that you and Adrian are back um, the dynamic duo doing a few little uh, episodes to help us out in the field so thank you listeners I'm uh, I'm stoked yeah, well, we made a commitment, Troy, for the uh, for the skills workshop to be back weekly, uh, also known as the Troy and Bo Show, um, which uh, which is quite quite an interesting one. But uh, yeah, as always, mate, let's dive straight into some value add and some content because um, that's what the listeners tune in for. But yeah, very very delighted about the uh, the feedback and the numbers. So today we really wanted to double down on biowork, Troy, because look, this is an area that even during usual or normal environments, it's an area that a lot of agents are unfortunately a little inept on, okay? And, you know, I think what people tend to forget, Troy, is that a buyer actually makes up 50% of a sale transaction, not 10% or 20%, but, you know, it's half buyer, half seller. So there's this default focus, if you like, on prospecting for listings, which, which we certainly don't want to cannibalise or interrupt. However, I think it would be remiss of, of agents um, not to have some sort of buyer strategy. Now, this has become even more relevant today during tougher periods, be it restrictions, being lockdowns, whatever you want to call it, um, because let me tell you, if you have a list of 20 hot buyers that you're working with today, that's going to give you a really compelling reason to get up every day and actually go to work and service these buyers because this might be a period, unfortunately for many agents, Troy, where their inventory levels are a little bit down. And it's not like you can click your fingers and find 10 listings, but you know, at the risk of sound facetious, you can click your fingers and actually find 10 hot buyers. So what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that in your group um, as head of sales of the hooker group that you're actually trying to focus on yourself at the moment, Troy? Yeah, Adrian, um, managing buyers' expectations right now is fundamental to any successful sale. Um, if you want to create that legion of raving fans the buyers is where you need to focus 50% of your effort. As you just said, um, a great strategy is to build those long-term relationships. And I know um, from working with you so closely over a number of decades, that has been catalyst for your success. The amount of long-term relationships you've built with the service you've provided your buyers to enable them to come to you as a trusted advisor. And when it does come time for them to make the commitment to purchase, 
um, they know that what you're saying to them is in the best interest of what they're trying to achieve. Too often, Adrian, and right now I think it's apparent across the entire industry, too often buyers are fatigued by missing out on properties that sometimes the agent hasn't been as forthcoming with information as what they should have been. And I really think right now we're at that precipice of change where the agents that are setting themselves up for sustainable long-term success are really focused on nurturing those buyers. Um, because I'm a buyer right now in the market and I feel fatigued. I've missed out on a number of properties, both on market and pre-market properties, um, just by the expectations of what the reality was, weren't met. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a really good segue, um, Roy, in what, what is best practice um, in terms of buyer work uh, or buyer mastery? Because as you know, you know, my my barometer is always at mastery level. You know, anything less than that, I'm not interested in. So what's buyer mastery? Buyer mastery, whether it's lockdown or not, really is aligning yourself with 10 or 20 people that you know have either been under options or have signed a contract and unfortunately have missed out and are feeling extremely disheartened, Um, but also having a very frank discussion with them. And my dialogue for 30 years and my team's dialogue to this very day is as follows, Troy. It's like, Troy, I just want to let you know that as an agent, I know it's impossible for me to service hundreds of buyers. So what we do have is a buyer alert system where we simply place your name and email into our system. And if something matches, you will be emailed on a weekly basis. But in addition to that, what I've committed to is having a curated list of really high quality buyers of a dozen, 10 or 20, whatever it is, that I want to really be your buyer's agent, the same as what a buyer's advocate would do, but with zero expectation of remuneration. So what does that mean? What it means, Troy, is I want to offer you seller or vendor-like service. So with my sellers, what I do is I meet with them once a week, I call them every other day, and I provide them a weekly written report. So are you interested in being part of that initiative? Because I've just had two buyers that have bought from my top 10 list. Are you interested in being part of that list? The only thing I expect in return is that if you see something that you like, that you run it past me so I can actually help you through the process. That's verbatim. And it sounds verbatim and it sounds like a dialogue because I've actually said it so many times and I've trained my team to say it so many times, you know? So for me, that buyer uh, says, yes, please, that's great, um, because what I'm effectively doing is acting as the conduit, whether it's one of my listings, one of my colleagues' listings, or a competitor's listing, I'm still acting as the conduit. And Harrison is still calling people in our database today that say, oh, say, say hi to Adrian, I bought my property from him 15 years ago. And he'll often call me and say, Bowie, I looked up and it actually wasn't you that sold them this property. Um, and I'm like, oh, they must have been on my top 20 buyers because they, you know, I, I bid it at the auction for them, Troy, or I negotiated for them. And you know what? I got zero commission out of it and it was completely fine, but they still go in my past clients. They still get nurtured like that and I'm still their conduit and they still get anniversary letters. So 
you know, for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. I don't delude myself that I can service 300 buyers, but I provide vendor-like, uh, buyers advocate-like service to a dozen people. Yeah, no, and Adrian, you've been delivering this for an extended period of time, and I think you've got countless examples of even people that are just mm. on your monthly update, they're coming to you 10, 15, 20 years down the track and actually saying, Adrian, you've been in contact with me every single month. You've delivered me vendor-like service uh, when I have proactively been in the market. Now it's time to sell my property. Um, it's a, it's a walk-up start for you. So not only do you get to create those long-term relationships and raving fans, you're actually creating your future pipeline. Um, and it's almost like you're planting the seed today to see the fruit of the tree tomorrow. Adrian, um, I know one of the key strategies of your team has always been get deeper than just finding out the price they wanna spend and the configuration they're looking to. Can you run through with everyone, cause I, I really love this dialogue you use um, about how you get a deeper understanding of what they actually need the property or the asset for, as opposed to just uh, three beds, two baths, one car north facing with a budget of a million dollars, say? Yeah, no, it's a really good question, Troy, because unfortunately, a lot of agents um, have been conditioned by these pro forma uh, lists or open house questions that, that used to be, you know, paper in those days, which had those exact criteria, Troy which was beds, bar, budget. And look, not that there was anything wrong with that 20 years ago, um, but things have evolved, Troy. You know, like, you know, unless you're highly transparent, unless you're actually digging deep, unless you're adding value, then our competition is no longer other agencies. Our competition is other hospitality type industries or any high customer service industries where people do really add a lot of value. So, so really the questions that, that me and my team like to ask um, depending on the situation, of course, but it is, you know, how many kids do you have? How old are they? What are their hobbies? Where do they go to school? How do they get to school? Where do you work? What's your industry that you're involved in? How do you get to and from work? Do you have daycare that you um, need to drop kids off to? Um, if the hobbies are you know, being close to Centennial Parklands because the bikes, is that important to you? Or be, is, is, is the, the coastal or any particular beach really important to you? Are you affiliated with Nippers? Are you affiliated with any surf club? Um, what's the local um, club that you might go to, whether it's, um, you know, the, the RSL or it might be um, some, some other interest that they've got, whether it's ballroom dancing, whatever it is, I mean, that's just a, a three or four minute conversation, which I can tell you very few agents are having, Troy. And, and at worst, at worst, what it does is display that you've got an actual empathetic and high integrity um, value add proposition. Mm. At best, what you're actually going to do is understand the buyer better and actually attach them or introduce them to the appropriate property, not spamming them with 10 properties that just are ne never going to suit them. And, and as any agent will tell you, with a lot of these buyer email alerts, you do get a lot of responses saying, Adrian or Troy, mate, I told you that I'm not looking in this area or for this amount of, I please change my criteria ASAP. I've asked you three times to change it to two bedrooms and only look. So, you know, and, and I've been guilty of that. That's why I can recite these type of emails. But now we, we, we are, 
obviously moving more towards that more tailored, more bespoke buying criteria, if you will. Yeah, too often, I think Adrian's, uh, agents, Adrian, do fall into the trap where they get into that point where they just want to send out emails, but it actually has a much bigger effect on the buyer's view of the agent than it does the action of sending them an email. And what I mean by that is you can lose a relationship by one of those buyers actually taking the time to respond and say, Adrian, you got it really wrong, mate. I told you now three times I'm not looking for a property uh, in that area. I'm not looking for an apartment. I've got two dogs. I want a house. I want backyard. I want to be able to walk to the local park. I want to enjoy that. I want to be at my cafe on a Sunday while I'm doing that. So it's really important. And I think where agents that are most successful right now, they do have those very close relationships uh, and have an intimate understanding of their buying needs for lifestyle factors, as opposed to those just for configuration. Let's face it, Adrian, buyers right now, um, it's an exhausting process. It's an exhausting process because of the competition, because the stock levels are a little bit low, because of maybe the pressure they've been in some type of restriction and they've realized that where they currently are is not where they want to be for the next five, 10, 15 years, even shorter in many circumstances. Um, Adrian, can I ask as well, you've seen a lot of success um, both, both uh, within your business, but also coaching your clients. What are the best clients doing right now in regards to the frequency of communication um, to those hot buyers? You mentioned 10 or 20. Is that the right number that everyone should be working on right now? And what type of dialogue or what's the frequency of that communication to really make sure they're getting the maximum return on that relationship they're building? Yeah, it's a great question, Troy. So uh, it comes down to individual team members. I work with a lot of super teams and EBUs, as you know, and anyone that is either a dollar productive team member, say an associate agent, or even, even now, I'm really starting to introduce the executive assistance role to actually work with buyers as well. And the magic number I find per agent, so let's call it the listing agent, each associate agent, and even an executive assistant is 10. I, I think 10 is a really manageable number if you are serious about talking to them four times a week, having a, a FaceTime meeting with them or a cup of coffee with them in the office or at their place of work once a week and sending them a, a, a report. When I say a report, I'm actually talking about cloning yourself on REA and domain for their criteria and then flicking it through to them as they as they actually come on. So um, they might be doing that anyway, but if you're doing that before it prompts them, again, you know, even though I had zero expectation of actual remuneration, I've got to tell you that myself and a lot of clients that I'm coaching with agents, they usually do a conjunction with another agent. They usually get an off-market um, uh, listing from one of the buyers they're actually working with. Um, or, or they'll bid at auction and the person will give them a great review or whatever it might be. But the frequency of contact has to be regular. So I think if, you, if you're serious about this and say, you know what, I'm not going to pretend to service 300 buyers. I'm actually just going to really focus on 10 people per team member. I think that that's a very sensible number, assuming that you are going to add value and actually take it seriously, Troy. I think that's the, that's the right frequency. Yeah, and you gave such a great insight there. If anyone missed that, clone yourself on REA with the vendor's name and your email address and then every single property that meets the criteria that they've mentioned to you, um, 
you get a notification. Adrian, that's such a nice soft touch point, but also mm. keeps you relevant that you do have their best interests at heart and you are working on behalf of that buyer. Great strategy. And those that have adopted that particular strategy, we have seen the continued success of them that's been scalable. And vendors, uh, sorry, vendors appreciate it, but also those buyers really appreciate that someone's almost giving a recommendation independent of the agent selling the property or the buyer's agent they're working with. Now, Adrian, speaking of buyer's agents, um, the world has been exposed to Lux listings on Amazon. Yes. And I know that you have great relationships with each one of the, the stars of Lux listings, but you've also had a bit of a hand in that show. Um, for people that don't know, you were part of the original group that put together the, the talent. Is that right? Is that... Yeah, so the, the, they're actually going to appear on this podcast uh, in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that, guys, because that's going to be really exciting. So I'm just um, in in dialogue with their with their PR manager at the moment. But um, no, so this was a bit of a passion project that started a few years ago, Troy, where the two executive producers are, are friends of mine, and they approached me and said, "Look, we've got this concept, and uh, who would be who would be the the ideal cast members?" And it's bizarre because. Three people came to mind immediately. There were other people, um, obviously, that that um, that were, were cast as well. But the three that I nominated are the three that actually um, have are appearing in the show now, and they've they've done an outstanding job. Um, and I still remember making the initial phone call to all three of them, and there was some reluctancy. I'll be honest with you, there's some reluctancy. It's like. You know, there's a show. It's not like Million Dollar Listing. It's a bit different. Um, the whole uh, objective is behind it is to really showcase this beautiful city. And as, as, as anyone who's watched the show, we've definitely achieved that objective. You know, the, the, the Sydney is just incredibly showcased as an international city. It's just amazing. Um, and also uh, the objective, Troy, was to see the challenging parts of real estate because who anyone, I don't want to um, be a spoiler alert, but um, you know, whoever anyone who hasn't watched it, but I think most people have probably binged it by now. Um, but you'll notice that um, some of the agents, um, you know, lose a listing, uh, listings are withdrawn from them, an auction fails, um, you know, it's hard to say. So, so that was the whole objective as well. It wasn't just meant to be, let's, let's narrate this so it just shows the glamorous side and just shows the easy side. But as you can see there, there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of long hours. Um, there's a lot of high-integrity hustle. Um, there's a lot of setbacks, right? Um, and also, it's really nice for us to be able to dig deep in the personal lives of each of the characters as well. And let me tell you, when I say characters, that, um, that, that, that really isn't suggesting that there's a fictitious character and then there's the real character because they're, they're, they're one in the same. Whatever you, what you see is what you get. You know, I'm very fortunate enough to be close friends with, with all three of them and have, have conducted coaching with all three of their teams. In fact, I'm at Delene's office um, tomorrow um, doing, some, doing a session with, um, with some of their team members. Uh, I was at Gavin's office a few weeks ago. So, so, you know, what you see is what you get. They're just the perfect cast. They're genuine. They're authentic. And they're not scared to show the setbacks and the challenges and the hard work 
that goes into, into real estate. So I'm really delighted for the executive producers and I was delighted to play that role in order to, you know, make that introduction. And from what the feedback is, I think it was a really good decision. Yeah, definitely uh, captured my attention uh, over the space, I think, of two days. I think I watched all six episodes, uh, but yeah. also uh, receiving text messages from not only people within Australia uh, that know that I work in real estate and obviously my association with you, but also uh, internationally. Uh, I had a lot of friends that are you know, based in the UK and also America texting through. So uh, it has become a bit of a worldwide phenomenon. I think you're right. It, positions Australian real estate, Sydney real estate um, really well. It's a global city and it just made me realise how lucky we are to live where we do within Australia. Uh, and I think as well that the talent, if we can inverted commas say the talent of uh, Simon, uh, Gavin and Deline, they did an outstanding job in representing not only themselves, but their brands. So uh, huge success, well done. Uh, but I know yeah. uh, that's a question that a lot of people have been contacting you talking about Lux listings uh, and asking questions yeah. about, are the properties real? Is that really like, is that how they, <laughs> that how they are in person? Yeah. Is that their team structure? Yeah. Wow, their offices are amazing, all of those types of things. So uh, huge they'll get they'll get to they'll get to hear all those answers when I when I do the interview on the podcast um, and, uh, and it'd be remiss of us not to mention all the great uh, team members um, you know so Tammy who and who works with Simon um, you know Ollie and Kai and all the guys that work with Gavin's team and obviously everyone that works on Delane so they all did an outstanding job very authentic and very approachable but also shows both sides of real estate there's there's the glamorous side and and a, and a really challenging side as well so you know some some real real good authenticity in terms of content there yeah perfect all right adrian well as we wrap up this episode um i want to thank you for being part of this show again i know i said it last week but it's great to be back uh, delivering content yeah. out to the team uh, out to our listeners um every single week uh, blown away by the feedback that you've received personally, I've received personally, but we've received again um, just by emails and text messages and social media um, contacts. So thank you for everyone. We want to make this as relevant as possible. So keep sending those questions through to Adrian and myself. And and Bowie, we'll be back again next week. Absolutely. Every week without fail, the Troy and Bo Show on the Skills Workshop.